The Spirit of God is moving upon His people and He is raising up a generation that is prepared for power that will touch this world. And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. You are now listening to the last day's return of the historic faith with your host, Pastor Jeremy Anderson and Brother Matthew Marcel. This podcast is for the kingdom Christian in the end times. As aliens in a foreign land and ambassadors of our king, we proudly fly the flag with the cross as we sing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You are now listening to the place for biblical end times truth, the Remnant Report. I am your host, the Remnant Warrior. Here we are dedicated. again brothers and sisters and welcome to another edition of the remnant report i am your host the remnant warrior and i am so blessed to be with you guys tonight we are going to be covering the second this is going to be the second part of this of the two-part special that we started friday evening on the millennial reign of Christ and I am I'm just going to jump right into the program tonight because I have got to make sure that we cover as much information as possible because we're going to be looking at a lot of information and I really want to get the program in in just an hour last week I almost got it I went it was like an hour and a half and that was only because the camera froze up a couple of times but tonight we are going to get this thing done instead of waiting until uh next week to do the part two i decided to go ahead and do it tonight because it it just really this is a a subject that i want to find out the truth to and I want to expose the false doctrines of dispensationalism. We're also going to be looking at some some other parts of the dispensational millennial reign tonight, uh, only in so much to reiterate the things that I said last week. And other than that, we are going to be... um, you know, just going in the Word of God and we're going to look and find the truth of this for ourselves. Last week, I started off the program and I was so excited to to get the episode going and to uh, tell you guys all the information that I had that I just completely forgot to open in prayer. And so... Tonight, I want to make sure that we do not do that, that we open in prayer. So if you would, just bow your heads and bow your hearts. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you now, Lord, and we just ask that you just please bless this program tonight. I pray that you just fill me with the Holy Spirit. Help me speak nothing but truth. Father, forgive me of my sins, any hidden sins, secret sins, or sins I just do not know about. I want to repent of right now, Father, and I ask your forgiveness so that absolutely nothing will be hindering tonight's program. I pray that you would just open the hearts and minds of each and everyone who can hear the sound of my voice, whether it's live or if they're watching the recorded version. Father, just open their hearts and minds and allow the Holy Spirit to just show them the truth and allow them to see the truth for what it is and the lies for what they are. Father, I love you and I ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, tonight again, like I said, we are going to be uh, starting right back where we left off last week. And uh, just to recap just a little bit, last week we looked at the <laughs> lies of the dispensational doctrine of the millennial reign. And we're going to... Um, look at again really quick before we jump into the word we're going to look again at some of the dispensational uh, teachings quotes and lies as far as the millennium is concerned because some of these things uh, you know they are no if if you hadn't actually seen it for yourself you'd find it hard to believe and and this the main reason I want to cover it again at the beginning tonight is because this is dispensationalism is the biggest uh, system of theology that that is believed in the United States of America and pretty much all over the world um, and it's it's doing the very same thing that any other doctrine of men do, and that is uh, making the word of God of no effect, just as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ himself said. And we want to be sure that we never do that, never that we always follow strictly to the doctrine of Christ. You know, I don't say these things just off the top of my head. You know, I'm, I, I'm going to show you again tonight from their very own writers that these guys have, they, they have done and are doing the very same things that the Pharisees did and even have gone beyond them in some respects. They really have. And, you know, like I said, it's, this is not something that I'm telling you that is just coming, you know, from me. This is from their own writings. And I'm going to fix my chair here so that I can get to... My book. I'm also going to be reading to you guys from one of the leading dispensational uh, uh, Bible handbooks, and that is the New Unger's Bible Handbook. It is as dispensational as they come. And I'm going to be reading to you what it says regarding Revelation 20 and the millennium. And, you know, what they're teaching is. It's blatantly racist. You know, we didn't we didn't teach we we, we I didn't use that strong of language last week simply because I wanted to ease you guys into it. 
but what they are teaching is as racist as it can be. And it is what they're teaching is Jewish supremacy. Now, we did talk about that last week. Now, for those that think that, you know, I'm making too big of a deal about this or that I am overreacting or that I am, you know, uh, making too big of a charge out of it or, or, you know, accusing them of something they aren't doing. Those are not my words. Uh, I, I, I told you guys this last week about Hal Lindsey in his book and I'm gonna I'm going to actually quote from it here in just a minute. These are his exact words. Hal Lindsey is the leading I would say he's the leading dispensationalist um, here in America who is actually doing the most to further the dispensational agenda. You've got those like John MacArthur. But, you know, he considers himself, in his own words, a leaky dispensationalist. Uh, you know, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I think he's being modest. But, you know, taking up the mantles of those like Dwight Pentecost and um, uh, Dr. Walvoord would be definitely Hal Lindsey. And... You know, nobody epitomizes the dispensational pre-trib movement that's alive today more than Mr. Lindsay. And in his book, The Rapture, on page 80, he says this. He says, the fact remains that all Old Testament prophecies about Gentiles... Picture them in a subordinate role to the Jews in the Messianic kingdom. There is, therefore, justification in the old rabbinic teaching of Jewish supremacy in the millennial kingdom. Now, let's have that last line one more time. He said, there is justification for the old rabbinic teaching of Jewish supremacy in the millennial kingdom. Now, he starts off in this book, The Rapture, in this quote of his, in his book, The Rapture, saying that every Old Testament prophecy about the Messianic kingdom shows the Gentiles in a subordinate role to the Jews. Now, if that is the case, if that is the case, I can tell you why, and it's definitely not the way that dispensationalists take it. It does not mean what they say it does. First of all, the most of the Old Testament prophecies about the Messianic kingdom, as he calls it, are about the first advent of Christ. And those who are in a subordinate role to Israel in those prophecies are just as, there are just as many, if not more, Jews that would be considered in that subordinate role is there are Gentiles. And that is because these prophecies that point to the first advent of Christ, when it's talking about Israel, it's talking about the cultivated olive tree that is the church. Remember, brothers and sisters, after Jesus Christ came and fulfilled the new covenant, Israel changed. It is no longer about blood. It's no longer about where you're born. It's no longer about where you live, the color of your skin, any of that. It is simply about 
whether or not you have accepted or rejected Jesus Christ, period. So, you know, that is his first mistake. But let's say, like I said, let's say he's right. It's not talk. Those prophecies aren't talking about the millennial kingdom, but even so, he goes completely out of the Bible. He starts off talking about these Old Testament prophecies. Then he leaves the Bible completely, shows his true colors and shows all his cards by stating that there is therefore uh, hold on let me let me read this quote again that he by his own admission that there is justification for the old rabbinic teaching of Jewish supremacy in the millennial kingdom so what he did there was he left the Bible, he left the Old Testament, and he went to the Talmud, and he admits it. He showed his hand. He said there is justification for what? Not the Old Testament teaching. He, he completely left that, and he, he said there is justification for the Old Rabbinic teaching. Friends, uh, rabbinical teachings, the rabbinical writings, they are not the Old Testament writings. It's not the written Torah. It's the oral Torah. It's the Talmud. It's the Kabbalah. It's the Zohar. It is the Kabbalistic writings as well as the Talmud. That's where this Jewish supremacy comes from. But you know, I don't want anybody to think I'm picking on Hal Lindsey because he is far from the only one who says these things. Far from it. But I'm going to tell you more about Mr. Lindsey tonight. And by, by, but by his own admission, Mr. Lindsey is teaching the rabbinic kingdom of Judaism. He is teaching a system of Jewish supremacy. And if we had enough time tonight, Mr. Lindsay is so, so far from the only one who makes statements like these. Absolutely all of the leading dispensational teachers, I could bring out their teachings, their books, you know, Dwight Pentecost, and I did point this out last week, Dwight Pentecost in his book, Things to Come, he, he uses the word slave. He says that we are going to be the, Jew, uh, the slaves of the Jewish people, the Jewish believers in Messiah, in the Messianic kingdom, when Messiah comes and sets up his Davidic kingdom. Now, Dwight Pentecost, again, is he's no longer alive, but in things to come, he uses the word slave. We will be slave, the Gentile will be slave to the Jew in the millennial kingdom. And again, this is nothing but rank heresy. It's rank Talmudism, period. Now, in Luke chapter 11, in verse 52, Jesus puts it very, very strongly and plainly. And, you know, we can't miss the fact that this is something that Jesus stood against very strongly. He butted heads with these guys. Anybody who's read the New Testament knows that Jesus did not see eye to eye with the Pharisees. But he makes a very strong statement here. Woe unto you, you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in, ye hindered. 
they had taken away the kingdom of knowledge. And by the fact that they wrongly interpreted the scriptures that prophesied about Jesus and his spiritual kingdom and tried to carnalize it into an earthly rabbinic state, they took the key of knowledge away. Dispensationalists are doing the very, very same thing. They and anybody who buys into this dispensational Zionist Talmudism are absolutely taking the key of knowledge away. Now, <laughs> you know, by their traditions, they have literally taken away the true method of interpreting the prophecies. They've given, they have given wrong meaning to those scriptures and they've made sure that people are, you know, thereby hindered into, in, in, hindered from entering into the kingdom because the kingdom is a spiritual one. You enter into the kingdom of God. I don't care if you want to believe in a future messianic thousand year reign. By making, by the dispensationalist, making it a spirit, I mean, a physical kingdom only and saying things like the Sermon on the Mount was not for the church, that it was only for the Jews, they have literally hindered people from entering into the kingdom of God. If you... It, if you have accepted Jesus Christ into your heart and accepted him as your Messiah, then whether you realize what kingdom theology is or not, um, a lot of people call it, uh, I guess, new covenant theology, but there's a difference in covenant theology and kingdom theology in the sense that you can hold to covenant theology and still not have a clue about the two kingdoms. You know, for a long time, even though I was, for the most part, living and preaching the same things that Jesus was about the two kingdoms, I still was not completely aware and you know, I still wasn't completely separate from the world. And during that time, I got to say, man, if somebody would have broke into my house and my children would have been there, I probably would have shot first and asked questions later. So I thank God for using my brothers and sisters like Brother BDK, Phil Baker, Matthew Marcel, uh, David Verso, so many others, and most importantly, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his teachings to open my eyes to the fact that there is only two kingdoms. And if you're not a part of one, guess what? You're a part of the other. And there's no dual citizenships. And you know, we're going to, I'm going to get off my rant and we're going to just push on here. You know, all, all the mainline dispensational teachers taught that when Jesus came the first time, that he did not bring the kingdom of God. Now, as strange as that might sound to some people, that's exactly what they teach. We talked about it last week. This is something that I want to show you uh, point and line. I want to, I'm going to quote from, I'm going to quote from a book by Dr. John Walvoord. Now you've heard me talk about Walvoord in the past three episodes at least. You first heard me mention him in our two year anniversary special on the restrainer. 
Dr. Walborn, along with Dr. Pentecost, was one of Dallas Theological Seminary's elite. And in his book, uh, I think it's Every Prophecy Ever Written. Give me a second and I'll find it. Uh, I'm going to read from it. But John Walvoord, he, he was the he, he was actually the chancellor of Dallas Theological Seminary. He was the president of the seminary from 1952 all the way to 1986. He was Hal Lindsey's teacher, and nobody is more respected in dispensationalism than Mr. John Walvoord. Now. Again, John Walvoord nor uh, Dwight Pentecost are uh, living any longer. But, you know, they left their legacy with those like Hal Lindsey. And, you know, you got so many, many, and I'm going to name people that maybe you listened to tonight. Maybe you have followed. I know I did. Some of the people that I'm going to name tonight, I definitely listened to and followed, especially when it came to prophecy. But I'm going to name some names, and if you guys are listening to these people, stop. Stop. I don't care if they hold to uh, the fundamental doctrines of Christianity. I don't care if they if they believe the basics and you want to say like my sister and my aunt Mary Callie, who I love dearly, say things like eat the meat and spit out the bones. There's no, you don't eat the meat and spit out the bones. I love you. You know I do. I would do anything for you just like I know you'd do anything for me. But that's not the way that you yourself further your own Christian walk, and it's definitely not the way to help others further theirs when you're in the ministry. Just because a certain pastor may sound good behind the pulpit, or he may say things and yell good and prick you in your heart, if man, if he's not doctrinally sound, you don't eat the meat and spit out the bones. You stick to those who are doctrinally sound. You know, I'm not going to say any more about that. But if you are listening to any of the people that I'm going to name these dispensationalists, stop. You know, you guys will see for yourself You know that, that this is the epitome of dishonesty and scripture twisting. The, the word... Cultic is very, very hard for me not to use when I examine what these people do and what they believe. You know, people want to talk about, you know, I've been supposed to do a program on the, um, the new fundamental, the new independent fundamental Baptist church for a while now. Well, I haven't done it because as much as everybody thinks that these people are just the great Satan, they're just not. You know, let these idiots believe what they want to believe. They are not leading millions upon millions upon millions of people astray like the dispensationalists are. When I finish with the dispensationalist, if I have time, and if, well, forget time, if the Lord puts it on my heart, then I will follow the Holy Spirit. But I got in my flesh and I wanted to see justice for a, feather, a fellow brother in Christ. And I let my flesh try to dictate my program instead of letting the Holy Spirit. And I have to apologize for that. It, I pray it'll never happen again. But we have to look at the fact we have to look at what these people are, are doing, the shoddy way they handle the Word of God, and in talking with dispensationalists, and I have talked with, with many, many people who have been in all kinds of cults. I've been in people who have been involved in different 
types of the occult and in actual cults. And in talking with all of them, they have one thing in common. When, when you confront someone in a cult with facts, they are unable to hear the facts because they are so enamored and so brainwashed with the brain with with the organization and and personalities in this organization that the facts just don't matter and the people in dispensationalism people that go to dispensational churches that I try to have these conversations with show them exactly what the bible says they're just like the people in the the cults they the facts just don't matter because so and so said otherwise but for those of you who are interested in the facts and what the word of god says then throughout the course of this program i'm going to give you some things that someone who's born again with a rational mind, it would be impossible for, nearly impossible for them to justify. Uh, just disregarding it. It would be very hard for someone born again to justify ignoring the things that I'm going to share tonight. And we're also going to go on this quest for truth. And I've got to stay on point and quit getting uh, so hyped up and uh, going off on rants. But let's look at Isaiah and let's, let's look at chapter 10 and verse 21 and 22. Now, the scripture says, the remnant shall return even the remnant of Jacob unto the mighty God. For though thy people Israel be of the sand of the sea, yet a remnant of them shall return. Now, I want to read what Mr. Walvert says about this scripture. I want to read his interpretation of the scripture. Um, hold on a second. Let me get it pulled up. All right, on page 96 of his book, he says, the, the prophecies as interpreted predicted fulfillment of the expectate of the <laughs> expectation of the kingdom on earth after the second coming of Christ in keeping with the premillennial interpretation of Scripture. Now get this. There was nothing in this passage that corresponded with the present reign of Christ on earth or the present position of Christ in heaven. Now, let's look at what the Bible says. Let's look at Romans chapter 9 and look at what the Bible says. Mr. Walbert says that there was absolutely nothing that applies to the kingdom right now on this earth for believers in Christ. And there's absolutely nothing that applies for the position of Christ in heaven. But let's look and see what uh, the Bible says. Romans chapter 9. Let's begin in uh, 26. And you're going to hear the text that John Walbert says has absolutely nothing to do with anything until the millennial reign. And you're going to hear the Apostle Paul apply it to believers in Christ. Romans chapter 9, beginning in 26. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, you are not my people, there shall they be called the children of the living God. Isaiah, now here he's quoting the scripture we just read in Isaiah. Isaiah also crieth concerning Israel, though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, 
a remnant shall be saved and finish the work and cutteth it short in righteousness because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. Now, this is just sad. I mean, in verse 31, in verse 30 and 31, there, he says, what shall we say? That the Gentiles, which follows not after righteousness, even unto righteousness, which is unto faith, even Israel, which followed not after righteousness, which the Apostle Paul has clear words and he can apply this text to the believers in Christ both Jew and Gentile alike. And the kingdom of God, he applies this to now, to that period and this period, all the way through. The Apostle Paul says that that uh, prophecy in Isaiah was fulfilled with Christ. Those who were not a people before, but are now called the uh, children of God, uh, they are the believers in Christ Jesus. But Dr. John Walbord says that that's not for today or for Paul's day or for the first coming of Christ. No, it's only for the second coming and the millennium. It has no bearing until the millennial reign. Now, Mr. Walvoord was certainly not an unintelligent individual. And he did this because according to dispensationalism, they do not believe that the kingdom of God came with Jesus Christ. Period. Now, Forget what you believe about the millennium. Jesus Christ himself said that he came to bring the kingdom of God. I told you last week, Jesus Christ preached more about the kingdom of God than anything else in his earthly ministry. You know, some of these things are so disturbing when the leading Bible scholars and teachers and, and these aren't these aren't just authors and pastors, these are uh, your seminary professors, your doctors and these this is what they teach. This is what they are teaching the pastors. This is why those, in the pulpit have been taught lies for the past 200 and plus years. That's why I grew up believing lies because I was taught lies from the pulpit, just like I'm sure many of you were. Many of you still are. You know, uh, <laughs> Jesus is, you know, I, I, I am going to quote Jesus from Revelation, come out of her, my people. Pastor Jeremy, are you really uh, comparing the modern evangelical church to Babylon? You doggone right. Yes, I am comparing it with Babylon. But not the church as far as the believers. I'm comparing the theology and the, the dispensational and other man-made doctrines that teach lies from the pulpits. Yes, definitely. I equate it right up there with uh, any other system of men that will 
eventually lead right on into the Antichrist system. Now, we don't have a whole lot of time, and I'm not going to be able to... Uh, I'm not going to be able to continue uh, telling you all the things that the dispensationalists believe and come to the truth about the millennium unless we really just buckle down and get to the truth. But, you know, last week we saw exactly what, how this doctrine started, this uh, Jewish supremacy doctrine of the millennium. I mean, they're not teaching the millennium the way that I'm sure many of you who believe in a future millennial reign, the dispensational doctrine of the millennium is not the way I'm sure a lot of you uh, believe it. Um, I, you know, I've talked to people like BDK and and uh, people like Dr. Dennis James Woods. I've talked to people uh, like Phil Baker. Uh, you know. I know that they believe in a future millennial reign, but they don't believe in this dispensational lie of, of this Talmudic Jewish supremacy. And that is what I wanted to disprove. And it started, of course, like we talked about last week with the Gnostic heretic, uh, Serenthus, or Serenthius, and uh, we looked at the oldest commentary on Revelation that was ever written. We also looked at what Eusebius had to say about it, which was the oldest church history. And um, we're going to try to look at some uh, some other early church um, fathers and writers tonight if we have time i was hoping to get phil baker on here with me um i wasn't able to do that for this episode but i am going to ask him to come on and discuss this uh with me eventually i would actually like to get a three-way uh conversation going on i don't care if it's on my program or one of theirs but i'd love to get bdk phil baker and myself on to talk about the millennial kingdom versus the kingdom of God that we all three agree that we are a part of right now on this earth that Jesus Christ brought with him. Um, so, you know, I, I would really like to get their take on, on what they believe regarding that. But we're going we're gonna to look. Um, I've got some. Let's see. Got some more stuff from Hal Lindsey. And uh, we're going to look at that. We're going to look at the Christians. We're going to look at Christian Zionism some more. Give me just a second. I'm sorry, guys. There's so many things here from Hal Lindsey. Okay, here we go. Now, before we before we go back to the Word of God, I want to look really quick. We're fixing to go to the Word of God, and you can go ahead and turn in your Bibles. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Matthew. Um, uh, in chapter 16, uh, I'll tell you the 
the verse in a minute, but we're going to be in Matthew chapter 16. But how Lindsay um, and his uh, unconventional view of prophecy, as it is called, <laughs> how Lindsay is the father of apocalyptic Christian Zionism, okay? We all remember how Lindsay's book, The Late Great Planet Earth, Okay, the, <laughs> the late great planet Earth um, is probably the book that a lot of us uh, read to begin with. Um, now, the significance of how Lindsay to Christian Zionism is this, and there's a and Guys, there's a reason why we need to look at Christian Zionism. We talk, you know, I, I have told you guys that, and I proved that Hal Lindsey is a, uh, a huge dispensationalist. He, he has, there's nobody alive today that is more respected than Hal Lindsey in the dispensational movement, uh, in my opinion. But the significance to dispensationalism and Christian Zionism can be seen in the significance of the dispensational leaders in Christian Zionism. And how Lindsay is undoubtedly, undoubtedly, now I'm going to be reading this here. This is from uh, stephensizer.com. How Lindsay is undoubtedly the most influential of all Christian Zionists of the 20th century. Although rarely quoted by others, I don't know about that, but he has nevertheless been described by time as the Jeremiah for this generation. Give me a break. And by the New York Times as the best-selling author of the decade. His newish publisher describes him as the father of of the modern day prophecy movement and the best known prophecy teacher in the world. <clears throat> he is apparently one of the very few authors to have had three books on the New York Times bestseller list at the same time. <clears throat> now, this right here explores the significance of Hal Lindsey within Christian Zionism. His dispensational, hermeneutic, unconventional view of prophecy and eschatology, his distinctive apocalyptic Zionism, and his stand against anti-Semitism. Lindsey acknowledges that the future is big business. <laughs> and, well, you know what? That flat out goes against the doctrine of Christ right there. Big business and the doctrine of Christ don't merge. Anyways, um, and has proved the axiom true. He is a prolific writer, the author of at least 20 books spanning 27 years, most of which deal explicitly or implicitly with a dispensational interpretation of the future biblical prophecy, and Christian Zionism. He hosts his own radio and television programs, leads regular pro-Israeli Holy Land tours, and by subscription makes available a monthly Christian intelligence journal called Countdown, as well as the International Intelligence Briefing. Boy, 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 boy. Lindsay, along with fellow Zionist Grant Jeffries, host a weekly, weekly news program, International Intelligence Briefing, on the fundamentalist Trinity Broadcasting Network television station. The fact that he's on TBN should tell you all you need to know, in my opinion, but hey, don't take my word for it. Lindsay's most famous book, The Late Great Planet Earth, has been described by the New York Times as the number one nonfiction bestseller of the decade. It has gone through more than 108 printings with sales by 1993 of more than 18 million copies in English. 
with estimates varying between 18 to 20 million further copies in 54 foreign languages. See, this is the problem. Did you hear what I just said? Uh, he's, he sold, by 1993, he had more than 18 million copies in English and 18 to 20 million more in 54 foreign languages. This is why dispensationalism has spanned the entire world. This is why. This is why I said that Hal Lindsey is the devil's greatest advocate and one of the greatest uh, tools. I guess I shouldn't have said advocates. This is why I said that dispensationalism, I said Lindsey, what I meant was dispensationalism is one of the devil's greatest tools against the church, one of his greatest weapons against the church, and how Lindsey is one of dispensationalists' greatest weapons. I mean, that's all there is to it. <sighs> Despite dramatic changes in the world since its publication in 1970, Lindsay maintains that the prophetic and apocalyptic scenario depicted in the book is biblically accurate and therefore it remains in print in its, in its original unrevised form. Boy, that... Mm. Sales increased 83% during August and September 1990 amidst fears in the United States that Saddam Hussein would drag the world into total world war. Yeah, I'm sure that happens every time one of the um, presidents have us close to war. Lindsay's popularity may be attributed to a combination of factors, including his readable journalistic style of writing his imaginative if apocalyptic insistence that contemporary geopolitical events are the fulfillment of biblical prophecy and above all his categorical assertion that the end of the world is imminent what makes Lindsay's writings distinctive however is that like john nelson darby and c.i schofield he confidently claims that his interpretation of the Bible shows what will happen in the future. Today, almost before I finish explaining a developing trend, it's already an accomplished fact. This book describes in more detail and explicitness than any other just what will happen to humanity and to the earth not a thousand years from now, but in our lifetime, indeed in this very generation. In this riveting nonfiction book, the father of modern day prophecy cracks the apocalypse code and deciphers long hidden messages about man's future and the fate of the earth. How will be your guide on a chilling tour of the world's future battlefields as the great tribulation foretold more than 2,000 years ago by Old and New Testament prophets begin to unfold? You'll meet the world leaders who will bring man to the very edge of extinction and examine the cause of all the current global situation, causes of all the global, current global situation. What it all means, what it will short, what will shortly come to pass, and how it will all turn out. <laughs> like dark, you know. I, I'm not gonna read any more from from Lindsay's book here. That's exactly what that was. That was from the late great Planet Earth. Uh, but Lindsay. He, uh, I could do a whole show just on Hal Lindsey and his failed prophecies, but I am not going to do that today. Um, if I if I took all of Hal Lindsey's books and 
just read you the same things, how they've just been tweaked just a little bit in each one. I mean, he, he the late great planet Earth, he has, first it was a late great planet Earth, then it was planet Earth uh, 2000 AD. Um, then finally, uh, it was, um, I want to say it was, um, the final was, uh, I think they just took the date 2000 AD out of it and just made it a uh, planet earth, the final chapter, but regardless, um, Hal Lindsey, like I, I said, he um, is dispensationalist, uh, greatest proponent today, and Christian Zionism's greatest weapon. Um, you know, he uh, literally has formed the theology of so many um, in criticizing other clergy members for getting caught up in uh, things like the Save the Earth uh, gospel, you know, how Lindsay has revealed something about himself as well. Uh, and he's re what it is is he's revealed his estimation of himself. Uh, he, it's the last thing I'm going to read from this site, but it says, uh, don't get me wrong, no one can deny that the earth is facing grave ecological crisis, crises. There is probably no one in the church that has done more than me in calling this fact to the attention of millions. Boy, this man thinks a lot of himself. There is no doubt that Lindsay has had a profound and lasting impact on the American as well as, British Christ, as the British Christian scene. Indeed, the popular influence Christian Zionists such as Lindsay have had, even in American political circles, is highlighted by Don Wagner, who claims that as long ago as 1980, the election of Ronald Reagan ushered in not only the most pro-Israel administration in history, but gave several Christian Zionists prominent political positions. Once the Reagan administration opened the door, leading evangelical Christian Zionists, televangelists, and writers were given direct access to the president and the cabinet members. Reverend Jerry Falwell, Christian Zionist, televangelist Mike Evans, and author Hal Lindsey among them. White House seminars became a regular feature of Reagan's administration, bringing Lindsay into direct personal contact with national and congressional leaders. Lindsay subsequently became a consultant on Middle Eastern affairs, not only to the Pentagon, but also to the Israeli government. Oh, my goodness. Mm. The man most, well, like other dispensationalists, Lindsay holds dogmatically to a, literal, literist, a literalist approach to biblical hermeneutics. He attributes the development of erroneous views concerning Israel to an allegorical, non-literal hermeneutic supposedly popularized by Origen. The man most responsible for changing the way the church interpreted prophecy is Origen. He powerfully introduced, taught, and spread the allegorical method of interpreting the scriptures, particularly in the area of prophecy. 
From this seemingly harmless fact of church history evolved a system of prophetic interpretation that created the atmosphere in which Christian anti-Semitism took root and spread. Using this method of prophetic interpretation, church theologians began to develop the idea that the Israelites had permanently forfeited all their covenants by rejecting Jesus as the Messiah. Oh, my goodness. Now, I, I was quoting Lindsay. I, when I saw that, I had to quote it. Um, first of all, how Lindsay is not fit to wear Origins sandals. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, this just shows that he blames Origin for uh, Christian anti-Semitism. The atmosphere of Christian anti-Semitism that started now, you have to realize that the true uh, people responsible for real anti-Semitism that gets put at the doorstep of the church is the Roman Catholic Church and the popes. They are the ones who... Uh, killed Jews by the thousands and thousands. And, you know, probably a lot more. They're, they killed way more than Hitler. All the popes combined. But, you know, back to the issue at hand, which is the millennium. Um, I want to go on a quest for the truth here and we just don't have enough time we've already been going for an hour we don't have enough time to uh, properly search out the scriptures on the um, millennium in this episode so we're gonna have to do a third episode on in the third episode i promise you i am not going to focus on any doctrine of man i'm not going to be talking about dispensationalism at all we are just going to go to the scriptures and search out the truth of it i'm actually glad that we didn't have time to go to the scriptures tonight because, you know, one day is not enough time for me to set up and search out enough to uh, be able to pack into an hour a quest and search for truth in the word of God to come up with, you know, an absolute decision one way or the other and it also gives me time to hopefully try to get uh phil baker and bdk to join me on part three i don't know if either one of them will have time or be able to join me um you know to be able to do it by friday or not but if i can get them uh, and i am going to reach out to them uh tomorrow and I'm going to see if there's any way that uh, we can record it. And if we can uh, pre-record it, then, you know, um, Friday we can just air it. And that, that way it will not just be me going through the Word of God with you guys. It'll be, you'll actually be able to hear us have a dialogue and go into the Scriptures together and hopefully by the end of the program if i can get them to come on then hopefully all of us will you know have realized the truth we will have found the truth by searching the word of god so please pray please 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 pray that i am able to get them to come on and uh at the very least pre-record uh, part three with me and that way we can come to the truth of this thing.
All right, brothers and sisters, I thank you so much for watching with me and listening tonight. And I pray that you will like and share this program. And if you haven't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, uh, and, and if you're not watching this on YouTube right now, the YouTube channel is uh, NCRN. That's all it is, N-C-R-N. And also, go and uh, like and follow our Facebook page, which is, um, for the Remnant Report, it's Kingdom Productions and Publishing. Kingdom Productions and Publishing. All right, brothers and sisters, for the Next Chapter Radio Network and Kingdom Productions, I am the Remnant Warrior saying I love each and every one of you. And until next time, good night, God bless, and grace and peace.